Welcome to the North Main Podcast, a production of North Main Street Church of God in Butler, Pennsylvania. This podcast brings you North Main's messages every week. We strive to know God intimately, grow in Christ continually, and go for Him daily. I invite you to listen in today as we explore the Bible and learn about its unchanging truths for living life God's way. Let's listen in to this week's message. Good morning. If I have not had the chance to meet you yet, my name is Matt. I am a member here. Um, I am so excited to be with you this morning. As always, I always love coming and speaking with you. Um, We are going to be finishing up our sermon series on the pursuit of patience. We've been in that for the past three weeks. It's the fourth week we're going to be looking at it. And we're going to be looking at what it really kind of summing up what it looks like to chase after this idea of patience. We've looked at um, looking into Scripture, reading through the teachings of the Word, trying to internalize those things, and today what we're going to be talking about is how we respond to God's calling on our lives. Now, calling is something that is a a difficult thing, and I'll be 100% honest with you, it's something that I have been struggling with trying to figure out for a good number of years now. I'm going to speak with you today a little bit just about my story, about my experience with God's calling on my life, because I think that maybe that will be um, helpful for some of you who may be going through trying to figure out what God's called you to do or what God looks like in your life. Um, One of the things that is a struggle with calling is that God's called all of us to do and uh, and to be different things. Um, But the Bible does give us Uh, some guidance, some direction into what that looks like and how we are supposed to respond to God's calling and how we're supposed to recognize it. And I think it's a little bit different than maybe we as the church tend to, um, it's a little bit of different direction than what we tend to go into. Uh, So the very first thing today that I want to do is just start off with our uh, key point. So our point this morning is that the pursuit of patience involves obedience to God's calling. If we're going to search after the fruit of the Spirit, any fruit of the Spirit, patience including, then we are going to have to go after or respond to God's calling. These two things go hand in hand. So if we're trying to pursue patience, uh, just a little brief reminder, um, we're going to talk today about gifts of the Spirit. We're going to look at a passage where it talks about the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to, uh, for the betterment of the church. And uh, what we are pursuing, this patience, is a fruit of the Spirit. And sometimes those things can be kind of confusing, a gift of the Spirit versus the fruit of the Spirit. Um, quick refresher just on what the fruit of the Spirit is. We can find that in uh, the theme verse for just the past couple of years that we've been using. It's Galatians 5.22. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So the fruit of the Spirit, it's pretty easy um, to understand, is uh, just like it sounds, just like a, a tree that is going to grow and produce fruit. So if you think of an apple tree, as it's growing, as it's maturing, It starts to bud, and then it starts to grow fruit. 
And just like that tree, we, as we start to grow in our relationship with Christ, uh, the fancy term for it is, um, is the, uh, it just slipped my mind, <laughs> uh, is, what is it, the one that you hate? Sanctification. Sanctification. There we go. <laughs> He doesn't like it because it's a hard word to, um, for people who are new to the faith. And so as they're trying to, I just always remember it because every time I say it, he's like, ah. Um, so sanctification, it's a fancy word. It's this idea of um, going through, as you can see, there is no, there is no perf- uh, uh, perfection up here. There is no um, guise of it either. Um, I can forget things as easily as anybody else. So um, as we become more and more like Christ, we're trying to become um, more and more Christ-like in our walk. It's this idea of sanctification, and we move to um, maturity in Christ. And as we do that, we begin to bear fruit. We begin to have these things show up in our lives. And so that is what these fruit of the Spirit things, these are what we are pursuing. So kind of the way that we pursue patience, kind of uh, there's really no um, big key to it is to pursue God, right? Pursue a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so responding to our calling is basically the same as chasing after God. And yet a lot of times we complicate this idea of calling. And I know for me personally, um, it's been kind of a tumultuous relationship with the idea of God's calling in my life. And I'll start uh, just from the very beginning. Whenever I was younger, I grew up, I was sharing with one of the Bible uh, study classes this morning, one of the discovery classes, that uh, I've been going here, I, I counted it all up the other day, for 28 years. So... Um, it's been off and on throughout, um, throughout my life that I've been coming here and being a part of this um, service or in part of this church. And uh, so God has, from the very day that I was born, um, has been a part of my life. And so this idea of calling what God wanted me to do, um, I've always kind of had it in the back of my mind because I've always been aware that God had a direction for my life, even from whenever I was very young. And when I turned um, 13, I was actually at Whitehall Camp and Conference Center, and many of you are probably familiar with that. If you're not, it is a Church of God Camp and Conference Center here in Western Pennsylvania. They do a lot of really great things. That's what BJ was talking about, youth camp and different things like that. So uh, very fantastic ministry. I was there, and I was listening to a speaker, and the speaker was going, um, talking about vocational ministry, going into ministry full-time, and... uh, Listening to that service, I was sitting in the pews with my parents, and I just remember getting um, goosebumps. And I remember just thinking over and over again, like, oh, I could picture myself doing this. Like, this sounds right. Because from the very young age, I had been obsessed with trying to gain knowledge about God, to try and understand the Bible better. And I even remember um, one time in youth group, I had gotten to this point where one of the youth leaders, I had asked so many questions where they're just like, I I don't know, Matt, you can't ask me any more questions because I don't know. Like, you have gotten to this point where you're beyond my questioning. And I was so thirsty and hungry. And so when I heard this speaker talking about going into full-time ministry, I was like, yes, I could do that. I could spend all of my time studying God, and I could tell other people about God. It sounds amazing. And so from that point on, it was kind of my plan just to go into ministry. I wanted to go into ministry. Everything that I did and talked about was kind of going into ministry. And uh, when I started to hit college age, 
I remember struggling with that idea because then you start to realize that uh, maybe going into ministry is not the most financially successful idea. <laughs> and so you start looking, you say, oh man, well, what is this going to mean for me? What is this going to mean financially for me? What is this going to mean um, even just like where I live and what I want to do? And so I wrestled with that a lot. And I said, well, maybe God's calling me um, to just, you know, be in a better relationship with him. Or maybe this passion is just what it is, a passion. And I tried to kind of fight this idea, and I went into college uh, as a biology uh, major, and I was going in for, um, a, to study and to do some sort of physical therapy or some sort of sports science. And uh, I was doing fine in school, and everything was going fine, but I hated every moment of it. And I remember calling some of the, I was, um, close with one of the pastors that was here, and I remember calling them up and saying, you know, I just don't feel like this is what I'm supposed to do, and them saying, you know what, God's probably calling you in a different direction. And so this idea of calling, the reason I'm sharing this is that this has been something that's been present in my life, talked about for a long time. And after college, I graduated, I had a degree in theology, and I got a job in full-time ministry, and I thought I had it completely figured out. And I was like, yeah, that was a little bit bumpy. That was, you know, but I, I, in the end, I figured it out. I was, I was kind of running from God a little bit like Jonah. Um, but I got it figured out. Now we're good and, and smooth sailing from here. And it was funny because I would talk to people who were struggling with calling. And they would come to me and they'd be like, oh, well, you know, what do you do? How do you decide? How do you figure this out? You know, you've, you've gone into full-time ministry, so obviously you must have sort of insight or whatever. And, and my lack of experience and my lack of maturity, a lot of times it would boil down to not for the exact words, but I would boil down to me being like, well, you get goosebumps when you're 13 and then you, <laughs> and then you decide you're going to go into full-time ministry, right? Um, and it was, so, it was so foreign to most people, they couldn't relate and I couldn't explain it. And I had this idea where I was like, well, maybe some people are just not called the same way. There's maybe, maybe the call into full-time ministry looks different than other people's calls in their life. And so I struggled with that. And then God did something that I never expected him to do. And he called me out of full-time ministry. And it was the hardest thing that I've ever experienced in my entire life. I was looking at when I was for this sermon this morning, I was looking at a uh, picture of me and my family. It's me and my wife and my two daughters, and we're sitting on the ground in this picture, and I take, I'm taking the selfie, and we're in my office at the church that I had left, and we're on the ground in the corner, and the reason, we're all smiles, everybody's smiling in the picture, but the reason we were in the corner on the ground is because that picture was taken the night that I had told the youth group and the youth ministry and all the team and everything that I was leaving. And my wife and my kids had come up to my office and had found me weeping in the corner. And they had come down and just surrounded me and hugged me and they held me for a while. And uh, eventually afterwards I said, well, we should get a picture of this last night in here. And we snapped that picture. And I've looked at that picture over the past three years because, honestly, as soon as we left, we came here. And when I came here, I can tell you I was broken. I was completely broken. 
And I would talk to people, and they would say, oh, well, you know, God's called you out of, you know, this place that you were at. You know, when are you going to go to this other place? Or I heard that there was an opening over here. And I would say, no, you don't understand. God has called me out of full-time ministry, and I don't know what that means. And here's the truth is that calling for me had been wrapped up in vocation. Calling for me had been wrapped up in what I could do and what I did. A lot of times I would use the, some of the scriptures we're going to read today as proof for what I was doing. And now that I've gone through this and looked at what God has brought me through, and in hindsight and have seen um, through some of, like I said, matured through this, this process, I see now that I was wrong. I was wrong in how I understood God's calling. I was wrong in how I understood purpose here in life. Um, I do fully believe God called me to be at the place that I was at, the church that I was at, full-time ministry. There is no regrets there, and it was not a mistake. God wanted me to have the education that I got. I've done a best-that-I-can job of trying to follow what God's direction has been through my life, or at least what he, what I felt he has wanted me to do. But the truth of it is, is that so many times the church makes calling all about what you do as far as a profession or even what you can do as far as like a ministry. Um, it's what you can do. And what's so damaging about this, about this idea of calling, is that when it becomes something where it becomes so wrapped up in who you are and what you're doing, you lose sight of who you are in God and what he's doing. And that's what had happened to me. I was in full-time ministry. God asked me to step away, and I was weeping in the corner because I genuinely didn't know who I was without the ministry, without that job. Was I still Matt? Could I still be useful for his kingdom? Was I still going to be able to achieve anything for him? Was this a punishment? Was it being taken away from me because of my own struggles and sins, my own shortcomings? Had I done something wrong or failed in some way? And here's the thing that's crazy is that when God asked me to leave, it was at the very height of my success in ministry, if you want to call it that. Not to everything that I had touched in that time was just exploding. And I couldn't understand why this was happening, why I was being taken away from this place where I was having what I thought was a vast amount of influence. And in the three years time where I've been with all of you and I've taken a step back and I've pondered God's calling for my life and I've tried to think on what God's calling for the church is, I've come to a new realization about our response to God. Every single one of us, and this is not something that is supposed to be taken lightly, every single one of us has the same calling. It's to follow Christ. And what God wanted me to learn is that I could do that calling, whether I was selling pipe or whether I was working in the church. The amount that I've grown in my spiritual faith has been insane. 
I think about just this week, um, we were short-staffed in one of our branches, and, and uh, I had to go down to one of our stores in Washington, and I was working there all week, and I was reflecting on what I wanted to speak on today, and I was thinking about calling, and I was out, and Wednesday, uh, I don't know if you were out in the heat, but it was ridiculously hot, it was ridiculously humid, and I'm just like sweating through like my shirt, and I am loading pipe onto this truck, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet of truck, or of pipe onto this truck. And I'm thinking to myself, even three years later, God, <laughs> what is this? What is this? And then I stopped, and I said, what is my calling? My calling is to follow Christ. And what did Christ call me to do? It's to love God with all my heart, soul, and mind, and to love others the same. So I readjusted my thought process, and I walked back out, and I said to the guy that I was loading, I said, how's your day been today? And we started talking. That was my, that was my worship in the moment. I captured the negative thoughts that were loose in my mind, and I gave them to God, and I said, God, I want to be who you in this moment. Do I do that all the time? No, <laughs> of course not. No, that was, that was a one-time thing where I, I succeeded only through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's, that's not an exaggeration. In that moment, all I wanted from a humanly standpoint, from my own person, was to just be in the worst mood ever and to just be silent, load this guy's pipe, and get him on his way. But the Holy Spirit nudged me, brought up verses and ideas that I was having about this sermon, and it prompted me to change how I thought, which prompted how I act. So this is my encouragement. When we talk about responding to God, when we want the fruits of the Spirit, it's not so much about what God is calling you to do vocationally. It might be. God has called me to certain vocations. He has told me to go to different places, and he's called me away. But I wanted to start out this sermon before we jump into the scriptures just by saying to you, I don't know where you are. I don't know if you're struggling against a calling. Maybe you're sitting thinking, man, I've never been called. I can tell you that's not true. You've been called by Christ to serve him, to be in relationship with him. And see, so one of the cool things is a lot of times when people are talking about calling, we turn to this verse we're about to read right now, this passage, actually. It's 1 Corinthians 12. Because people will say, well, I'm, I need, I'm struggling with my calling. I need to try and find what God has called me to do. And the very first thing is, is that, well, what are you good at? What are your passions? What has God gifted you with? And what's interesting is that this verse we're going to read through just in its entirety is Paul talking about the spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to the church for the benefit of the church, for the working and, uh, and correcting and growth of the church, of his, his body of people. And yet, I, this passage oftentimes gets misconstrued or misunderstood. So let's read through it real quick and see how the Holy Spirit gifts us, and then we're going to talk about it for a minute. So 1 Corinthians 12. Now, brothers and sisters... Regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. 
You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. This kind of gets, that portion gets into what I was saying today, is, is that on Friday when I, or on Wednesday when I was loading that truck, everything in me did not want to uh, say Jesus is Lord in that moment. Everything in me wanted to curse Jesus. And not literally say curse Jesus, but the idea is I wanted to sin, right? I wanted to not obey him, and in the same respect, curse him. So through the Holy Spirit, you're able to capture those thoughts. You're able to say Jesus is Lord, to accept his sovereignty. And there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. To one person, the, spiritual, uh, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether the message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all of these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So the first thing we can take from this is that each person has gifts. Each of us has been gifted by, each follower of Jesus Christ has been gifted to better this body. We know that whenever we're moving towards our response and our calling, um, we often then have to think to ourselves, well then, how do I use mine? And I think a lot of times we work ourselves into a box. Like I said, it either becomes about vocation, it becomes about this very limited idea. And it's been interesting even for me, like I said, in this experiment that, that God has called me away, I said, well, my gift is speaking and teaching and how do I use that whenever I'm doing this full time? And it's been so interesting to see how Brandon had, he approached me and said, would you like to speak and teach? You know, and it was just one of these things where I said, God, okay, you know, this uh, opportunity presented itself and I was willing to follow in response to this calling. Um, It wasn't something that I was necessarily pursuing. It wasn't necessarily something that I was seeking out after, Um, but it is something that God placed before me where I was able to respond. And it was a gift that that God was able to, to use within the body. And we see this reiterated here where Paul talks about um, how each person has a gift and each gift is used for something different when he talks about one body with many parts. This is verse 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles. Some are slaves and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. See, what was happening here, what's, what's interesting is a lot of times when we look at this passage, 
we're trying to pursue a calling. We're trying to figure out what God wants us to do in our lives. And so we look at this and we look through the list that Paul has given and we say, well, where do I fall into this category? And then, okay, well, maybe I am a person who has a lot of faith. Well, then what does that move into the, the church um, and, and how do I use that? And then a lot of times we end up getting jealous of other people's because maybe some are more visible, some gifts are, are more. And so we, I want that calling and not the calling that God has placed on my life. And what's funny is that this verse sometimes ends up causing people to be jealous or to want other gifts when the very purpose of this verse is to combat against those ideas. If you read the reason that Paul was writing to the church in Corinth was because they were fighting about spiritual gifts and their calling. And so Paul writes to them, and basically you can sum up this entire passage by him saying, listen, you all got gifts. It's all good. You all have gifts. But really, you're all called to do the same thing. One body, one direction, one thing. You might have different tasks within that thing, but it's one thing. If I'm talking about, Paul uses the analogy of running a race. If I'm talking about running a race, it's not like... Um, I'm running down the thing and I'm just like, oh man, my foot really doesn't want to run today. You know, I'm just dragging it along, right? If I'm running, if I'm training, I'm going, I'm doing it, right? My whole body is in unison, it's going. And that's not in to get into like people who have disabilities or anything like that. Like I'm talking about when you are trying to focus your, whether it's eating or something else, right? We can multitask, but your body is focused on the thing that you are doing at hand. And most of the time, your body is focused on it as a unit. And so Paul is saying to us, he goes, listen, you all have gifts, sure. But the calling, the response, how we pursue patience, how we pursue these gifts or the fruit of the Spirit that we so desperately want. We want love in our lives. We want peace. And I can tell you this. God's called me to step away from the full-time ministry, and I struggled. For about a year, I was in the deepest depression that I've ever been in. And I struggled to come out of it. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what God had wanted me to do. And when I came to the realization that my calling on my life had very little to do with my vocation, had very little to do with the, with the you know, works that I was doing, and rather had to do with my relationship with Christ, everything started to change. I started to have peace. So here's the thing is, at the church, I was able to do the things that I thought I wanted to do. I controlled the ministries. I controlled the direction. If I said, oh, you know what, I think we should um, have this type of ministry, or I think, you know, we have this problem, and I'm going to go, I would start something and maybe it would succeed and it would grow. And within that, I would say, look what I'm doing. And even if I, I would say, look, God is doing this. But if I'm 100% honest and open, in my heart, I would be like, look what we were able to do. And it was a source of arrogance. There was a source of, of me looking at it and saying, I feel, I felt more secure but it was a false secure because I was the one holding the, the cards. Now, there's been a whole flip, is that when God took that away from me, that power, 
and said, no, listen, I have the power. You've mistaken it. I'm the one that makes the plants grow. I'm the one. You can scatter the seeds, but I'm the one that makes it rain. I'm the one that gives it sunshine. That changed my perspective on life. As I start to look and to approach, a new piece came in. Not a piece because I was controlling it, but a piece because I wasn't. I could look at situations and say, hey, you know what? That didn't really go the way I thought in my head, but okay. I bet you God has a really cool plan for that. I think about that even with church things. I, I would get, I would hold some sort of event or something, and there would be a smaller amount of people than what I thought there should have been. I'm expecting at least, you know, 20, 30 people to show up to this, and, you know, five people would show up, and I'd be disappointed. That's the truth. That has completely changed in my mind. And maybe you're sitting here thinking, wow, like, I've never struggled with that, or it's never been where I am. And Maybe that's something that comes more inherently with being in full-time ministry. But I would assume that you've probably struggled at least some point in thinking about what has God called you to do with your own life. Are you the one that's trying to pull the strings, hold all the cards, make all the decisions? Are you the one that's trying to make the plants grow? And maybe they're not growing the way you want it, or maybe they look different, or maybe it's not even the same crop that you thought it was going to be. And you're frustrated. And in case you think that maybe I'm just pulling this out, I promise you I've been, I've been thinking long and hard about this for the past three years, and, uh, and we can see this evidenced through multiple different um, uh, parables that Jesus shares with us. We think even about like the parable of the Good Samaritan. We think about, uh, and I've shared this I think before, where uh, there's, a, there's a man who is beaten, if you're unfamiliar with that parable, there's a man who is beaten and left for dead along the side of the road. And Jesus tells the people listening that people walked and passed by, and yet there was a man, a Samaritan, who stopped, tended to this man's needs, took him, got him help, and, uh, and then went upon his way. And he said that man was the man's neighbor. That man was the one that showed love. And I used to think to myself, okay, well, I have to be that man. That's my calling, right? That's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to follow God, and this is what his commandment is, to love others. And so I would try to go out and look for people beat up by the side of the road. I mean, not literally, right? But I'd try to do that, and it got exhausting. I was trying to manufacture these things. And what I've learned in this is that it's much more fruitful, much more beneficial for me and my soul, much more beneficial for the church in the long run, is if I live life in relation with Christ, walking side by side by him, and then as these things come as I walk down the road, being willing and open to jump into them. And that's hard because so often, I mean, it, the idea is that we want as the church is that, okay, we found this guy beaten and battered along the road, so the Good Samaritan goes back and then he starts a, uh, a beaten and battered um, uh, ministry that now goes out and does it. And I'm not saying that that's not what he's called to do. Maybe that is what God called him to do. But from the parable, it seemed like what God called that guy to do right then was to take care of that Samaritan that he met along the road and then to go on and keep living on his life and wait for the next time he was called to help his neighbor. And so all of a sudden, all this pressure and weight that was put on to me is rightly put on to God because only he has broad enough shoulders to carry it. 
I certainly do not. And so that's what I want to encourage you today. I don't know where you are. Maybe you haven't thought about calling. Maybe you haven't thought about what it means to really pursue after God, to really pursue a change in your life. In some ways, I think it's less complicated than we want to make it. It doesn't make it easier. It does not make it easier. I struggle every day to give up control. I struggle every single day to search after God. I struggle every single day to capture my thoughts. Every day. And yet, the cool thing is that we know that God has gifted us as a group to achieve this goal that all of us have. Not one of us is better than the other, more important than the other. We are equals in this pursuit of Christ. So that's what I want to encourage you today. As we close out, I want to encourage you to think about where God is calling you. And the first step is if you're thinking, I don't know, I'm not sure where God's calling me. Originally, I would have probably told you, yeah, you know, do a, a gift assessment and like figure out all this kind of stuff. No, if you are unsure of where God is calling you, fix on your relationship with him. I don't mean fix it, I mean fix on it. <laughs> Look at it. Fix your attention on it. Focus on prayer and scripture. And when you start to do those things, you start to see maturity in your spiritual life. And then all of a sudden, fruit starts to come. These things, these patience, peace, joy, love, kindness, these things start to show up. And when that happens, you can more fully live out the calling that God has put on all of our lives, which is to love others and to love God. You'll know, hey, this person's had a bad day, so kindness is overflowing from me. I have the fruit of kindness in me, so I'm going to be kind to this person. Generosity is overflowing in me. But so often, like I said, when we try to manufacture our call or we try to bulldoze our call through or if we try to chase someone else's call or if we try to, to manufacture something, we don't get the fruits of the Spirit because we're chasing after something that's false. And so we, we try to have real relationships. We try to influence people. We try to create disciples, right? That's how, that's the Great Commission at the very end as Christ was going up. He said, I want you to go out and create disciples. Teach them to follow my commands. Well, how can we do that unless we have the fruit of the Spirit? It's not possible. Unless we show love and we show kindness. And so it's all this big circular circular thing, and it's hard to try and jump in sometimes because we create our own things over here. But I promise you, best place to start, jumping in, you're searching after uh, patience, you want these things, these, these fruit of the Spirit in your life, you want to find what God's calling for your life is, dig into his word. Dig into pursuing a relationship with him, and then being open as those things start to come. When you see that, that person on the road and you're like, oh man, I wasn't expecting this today. But okay, that's what I'm called to do. Like I said, it's not as easy, but a lot of the burden is taken off of it. I want to close with this.
This is uh, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the commandments of the prophets are based on these two commands. It's simple. We make it complicated. We search after things that we don't have to. It's about a relationship with him. And then all of a sudden, like I said, I, I struggled with, uh, prior to, one of the biggest things that I struggled with um, prior to leaving ministry uh, was my patience and peace. And two of the things that have increased the most since the time that I've left has been my patience and my peace. And you can ask my family, they're, they're very grateful of that. <laughs> and one of the things that I've kind of found is that this idea also of calling, a lot of times we say, well, I'm meant to make disciples, right? That's what it says, it's to go out and make disciples to love, to love others. And one of the things that has been one of the biggest awakenings in my life, like I said, just being there present for the people that are in your life, my daughters, right? I've been called, that's my calling, that is my ministry, is to raise my daughters in such a way that they have full access to Jesus Christ. That if they choose to have a relationship with him, they know full well what that means and what it doesn't. And I'm supposed to guide and direct them into that. And so that calling is more than enough for me. And that calling is what most of us are called to, our friends, our family, the people in our lives. So I hope this isn't uh, something that is a discouragement. I hope it's an encouragement to you to where if you're struggling and you're saying, oh, I, I just feel like I'm not called or God can't use me or God hasn't used me. No, we're all called to the same thing. We all have different gifts, so we all have different parts to play, but we're all here this together. And that's a pretty cool thing. Would you join me in prayer? Dear God, we just come before you this morning and we thank you so much. We thank you for who you are. God, a lot of times we struggle to figure out the direction that you want for our lives. We struggle trying to figure out if the decisions we're making are ones that would be pleasing to you or ones that you want us to do. And a lot of times we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and a lot of... Um, just a lot of emotional baggage, God. God, I thank you for being a God who's bigger than all of that, who can take it all, can carry it all. God, help us to remind ourselves and each other that it's you who does the heavy lifting. It's you who changes hearts. It's you who is the ruler of this kingdom and ushers in God's kingdom. We are called by you to be ambassadors. So we have a role to play, God. And yet help us keep our role as your servant in perspective. God, we just are so thankful for you and for all the love and the kindness and patience that you pour out. God, as we search after these fruits, as we attempt to mature in our spirituality, please, God, guide us and direct us. 
Allow us to hear you and your spirit as you speak. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks for joining us this week. Check back next week as we dig deeper and go further in our understanding of God's word. Make sure to visit us on our website, www.northmaincog.org, where you can learn more about us. If you found value in today's message, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would be helpful too. Donating to the ongoing ministry of North Main is easy. Just go to our website and click on the Give tab at the top of the screen. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week.